Welcome to Bancroft's Broadcasts, the school podcast where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about the school and its community. This is the place to keep up to date and in touch with our school. So let's get into this episode of Bancroft's Broadcasts. With International Women's Day now a firm fixture in our calendars, we spoke to Bancroft School's Diversity and Inclusion Coordinator, Gurdip Chana. We asked Gurdip who we should invite to speak to us, and she told us she would love to hear from author and journalist Chris Hemmings, with his perspectives on the challenges facing men and boys as we address ideas such as misogyny and feminism. Let's hear from Chris and from Gurdip. Now joining us today, we have Gurdip Chana and Chris Hemmings. Hello, Gurdip. Hello, Chris. Hiya. Hey. So just to get to know each other, Gurdip, if you could maybe get us started by telling us a little about your role at Bancroft School. I'm a maths teacher at Bancroft School, but I'm also the diversity and inclusion coordinator here uh, of about two years. So I've been working on things like International Women's Day and Pride Month and Black History Month, uh, along with my colleagues, uh, and in the hope that we can help all of our students here feel included um, and that they feel that they can celebrate their differences. Excellent. And Gerdit, it was your idea to invite along Chris Hemmings to speak to us. Am I right? Yes, I saw his uh, clip on Instagram, actually, when he was on BBC News. And I thought he was brilliant. And I think what he has to say would be incredibly interesting to students, parents, staff here. And I hope everyone enjoys it too. So Chris, hello there. Good to meet you. Hey, how you doing? Chris, for those of us who haven't met you, give us a flavour of, of who you are, what you do. Uh, okay, so what I do right now is I um, I run a programme in schools across the country uh, called Empath, M-Path. It's a cheesy play on words, which is my favourite thing. Um, <laughs> and the idea is to uh, promote a healthier sense of what it means to be a man, to kind of, kind of take us away from the archaic traditions of masculinity. Um, not to talk about toxic masculinity, but to talk about healthy masculinity in all its forms, but also to try to help young men, boys and, and men, to, to, to understand that many of the pressures that are put upon us do explain some of the behaviours that people complain about us, but also these are damaging us, they're not just damaging other people. And so I run that program in schools, I run a program in businesses, I'm training, I'm mid-training to be a psychotherapist. Before mm-hmm. that, I spent 10 years as a BBC journalist, um, I wrote a book about macho culture. Um, basically, I'm going to spend, I guess, the rest of my life working primarily, well, not primarily, solely, focusing on the health and well-being of, of men and boys. Now, this is this is interesting stuff, but it straight away, it, it, it brings a question. If we're talking here around uh, the date of, of International Women's Day or, or International Women's Week, as I understand it, is at Bancross, good, mm-hmm. why have we invited along, no offence, Chris, a bloke <laughs> um, to talk about him. something that's going on on International Women's Day? So I think a lot of people think International Women's Day is about lots of women and girls celebrating being women and girls. uh, And it's literally just about them. But I think it's as much about the boys as it is about the girls. Mm -hmm. Um, It needs everyone to lift women up. And especially here at Bancroft's, I found that the boys are reluctant to get involved when we've told them or asked them to get involved in International Women's Day or last year we tried to compile a I am a feminist because video. Uh, It was 
um, a task to get the boys to be on it. And I'd like them to feel part of the conversation and feel confident to get involved. So I thought Chris was the perfect person to help us with that uh, and to try and explain to the boys, hopefully, why their input is just as valid, perhaps even more important than the women in this conversation. Interesting. So asking boys whether or not they identify as as feminists. Chris, exactly. uh, are you a feminist, Chris? Uh, am I a feminist is a very good question. Uh, yes and no. Um, I identify as pro-feminist. Um, I, I don't I don't particularly like to describe myself as a feminist because I believe that in doing so, um, as men, we can kind of subsume the feminist movement. Um, do I agree with all aspects of the feminist movement? No. Do I agree with the main aims of it? Absolutely, I do. So I'm pro-feminist. Um, How would you define feminism, Chris? What's your understanding of, of, of what we're talking about? Oh, gosh, that's a question, isn't it? Um, well, I mean, fe- feminism at its core is about, is, is about equality between mm. men and women, basically. That's, that's the simplest the way to describe it. Um, it has become many, many different things, and feminism has many guises um, and the many waves of feminism. Um, but as far as I see it, it's about um, it's about it's about equality between the sexes. What I would say to them is that actually, well, two things. First of all, there is not a finite amount of pie. Okay, I'm a northerner, okay. so I use pie. Um, In maths, that means something totally different. But carry on. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, good. Yeah, there is, there isn't. Well, there's an infinite amount of numbers yep. of pi, so I'm let's not get into that. Um, that's my GCSE B coming through there. Um, so there is not a finite amount of pi, but the, often the way that it that it is framed within men and within male groups is they want something off us, as in they want something that we have, therefore they're taking it away from us. And I and, I, and again, I, I get that fear, but that's not what it mm. is about, really. It is about there, there, there is an infinite amount of pie. There is an infinite amount of space to be taken up. And unfortunately, that is often how it is perceived that, that, that this is a zero-sum game, that, that women's gains are being, are, are, are being made and men are losing out. And so I understand that. Um, and the second thing I would say is that there, because of these traditional tropes of masculinity that men have to be in charge and we have to be brave and strong and all these things which are not all inherently bad by the way but that's a different podcast mm-hmm. for a different time um that 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 we fear being seen as being on the side of women because then we're girly then we're gay there were all of these things that are akin to being female and to quote my hero tony porter in the u.s if one of the worst things that we can be described, uh, that, that men can be described as, or boys can be described as, is a girl, what are we teaching young boys about what it mm, means to be a girl? Of course. And so, really, this is about us. This is about this is about us as men being brave enough to 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 listen. Being and I know that I'm speaking a lot right now. Mm-hmm. The irony, being brave enough to listen, being brave enough to speak up, and being brave enough to say, well. I don't have to agree with everything that the quote feminist movement speaks out against, but at its core to believe that women and men are equal should be a basic. And that's, that's. Well, okay, thing. Chris, if, if that is a basic, why do we need international women's day? What, what, what's the, what's the role of, of, of a day like that, that, that defines us 
like that and defines women, defines men. If we're going for that equality, if we're trying to break down the, 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 this history and, and, this, and, and these problems historically, why have a separate day like this? Well, okay. First thing I always say is I will never, ever speak on behalf of women. That's no. Um, I, I, can, I can speak on behalf of some men because um, I am a man and I've experienced being a man. But your question is, why do we need it if? Well, because it's still if. We don't have it yet. We don't have... There, there, there are still many, many ways in which women, girls are experiencing the world differently to men and are experiencing mm -hmm. hardships. You know, World Health Organization have said that uh, violence against women and girls is mm. at epidemic proportions, right? And, and, it, and it is. There's far too much violence against women and girls. My thing is to say to men, well, look, that's true. And it's one of the biggest hardships that women face around the world. But actually, as men, we're more likely to be the victims of violence. So again, this is not about splitting the sexes. This is about a, a day where... We can we can highlight some things, but there are no there is a men's day because men have very specific issues like the suicide rate, and so there's no harm in us saying, well, let's let's look at these issues in depth for a day, sure. and, and and actually you know maybe maybe let's not just do it for one day. Gerdy, what what's your view of of of, of the, the the culture within the school within Bancroft's and why you feel there's a need to to look at International Women's Day and and, and make something of it. Uh, so for me, I, I agree with what Chris said about inter, um, feminism essentially is about the equality of men and women. Um, and that's the message that I go on. Um, and I've tried to emphasize that International Women's Week, our celebrations should be about both. Um, what I do struggle with, though, uh, I admit, and Chris, I'd like to hear what you think about this, is when we say, oh, we're celebrating International Women's Day, and then people's comeback to that is, oh, but what about International Men's Day? Um, and I feel like, as you say, there is a need to highlight causes um, suffered by men. But as a rhetoric, I'm not sure it's coming from the right place. And I was, uh, I'd put together, well, I tried to form a meeting about International Men's Day and um, having that here at Bancroft's, but nobody turned up. So I would like to hear from the boys' perspective about the issues that they face. But again, even in, in that department, I'm not getting much of a response. Um, and so, Chris, why, why do you think that might be and what might help solve my problems? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the flippant answer to your, to your question, what about International Men's Day, is November 19th. It's November mm. 19th. So there it is. It's the classic whataboutism. You're not actually addressing mm. the problem that we're asking you. You're just saying, well, what about this? What about that? And here again, to any, to, you know, if anybody is listening to this and they have that mentality, like, I get it. I, I, I understand because years ago I had the same mentality. And the, and the reality is this, and I have a great example. I was doing um, a guest a guest lecture at um, a, 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 one of the big unions. It was actually a teaching union. And at the end of the talk, a young lad put his hand up and he said, why are there no men's groups at this union? And I said, okay, have you tried to start one? No. And I said, okay, to all the women in the room, can you all put your hand up if you are an active member within an within, within a, a group within the within the union? And two thirds of the room put their hand up, and I was like, "Right, there you go." Okay, so I said to the other men in the room, "Who would like there to be a men's group within this union?" And 
there was some murmuring in the crowd and some of the women, you know, oh, well, you know, why do men, I don't think they sounded like me, but you know, oh, well, why, <laughs> why, would there, why would there need to be a men's group? The whole world is a men's group. Well, no, that's not fair. Few men put their hand up. I was like, great, okay. You only need two to start a group. There's, there was, I think there was four or five men with their hand up and I was like, right, okay. I will stay behind, I'll give you my time and, and we'll talk about how to set it up. 20 minutes later, the Q&A ended. All the, everyone left. And that one lad was sitting there on his own. And I said to him, that in a nutshell is exactly the problem, is that we want solutions, but we are not willing to do the work ourselves. And that's why in businesses now, I am working as a consultant in big businesses in the city, and I am helping them to start men's groups. Because as men, we have not been programmed, we have not been socialized to be caring and nurturing and compassionate and to do this work. And so we want it handed to us. We want to, well, what about International Men's Day? And we want to know that loads of good stuff is happening, but we're not willing to do that work ourselves. It was funny when I did have, when I did ask for that meeting um, for anyone who wants to get involved with International Men's Day, it was, I lied when I said nobody turned up, people did turn up, but it was only girls, um, which was interesting. That is interesting, isn't it? Definitely. If if, if the people who are aware of uh, this debate, aware of this, uh, that this difference that we have um, are, are, are the girls and the women themselves then I, that, that, that relates perfectly to, to, to what Chris mentioned. But, but Chris, I am interested to know more about, you talk about putting in the work, you talk about actually looking for solutions. What's the kind of work that we're talking about? We've brokered an understanding here about the, uh, the way we can look at these ideas, but the actual work that needs to be done, what can boys and men take on, in your view, to, to try and move us in the right direction? This is going to be one of the most difficult things they'll ever do in their entire life. To break away from what is expected of them, quote, I know that doesn't work on a podcast. <laughs> to break Chris is doing air quotes yeah, there. There we go. Um, to break away from that framework that has been put upon us is very, very difficult. And I know that from experience. I'm 35 years old. I've been doing this for 10 years. I am still, I'm in therapy. I've got my therapy this, this afternoon. I am still finding macho nonsense in the deep, darkest recesses of my brain. Points when I think and I say something and I just go like, what? Even there? Give, give us an example, Chris. What sort of macho nonsense um, are we talking about here? What do you encounter? Okay, well, in, in, terms, of the, in terms of the macho stuff, like I, I wrote a book about it, right? I, and, and, and a lot of that was about the, 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 the facade mm. of, of, of machismo. But I'm talking about finding out crazy defense mechanisms I have developed as a means, you know, realizing I went to a school very similar to Bancroft and my therapist said to me, you were bullied at school. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was captain of the football team. I was played first 15 rugby. I was on the first 11 cricket team. Like I wasn't, I wasn't bullied at all. And then to think, oh my God, of course I was because everybody was. Mm. And to realize that, and then we, and then we wonder why, men act out in the way that they do we have been trained to, to behave this way over millennia um men have been trained to behave this way and you think about um this bell hooks who trying to get men to read literature by women is very difficult but bell hooks said that actually one of the first bits of trauma that any humans experience 
is when young boys are policed over their emotional responses. And so my point here is women have been trying to tell men for a long time or asking us, please be kinder, please be nicer, please treat us better, whatever. My thing is to say, yes, I learned all of this mostly from speaking initially by reading feminist literature. I started speaking to women without trying to have sex with them. Uh, do I get this right all the time? No, of course not. Do I make women feel uncomfortable? Yeah, very recently, apparently. Like, and I'm still trying to learn from this. But the point, the point is, is that this is not specifically about about trying to like protect women. This is about making the whole of society a kinder place. And actually, if we can get those boys, this is the I know it's a long, long answer to your question, but if we can get those boys to recognize that this actually to start with is about them this is about making their life better making allowing them to live more authentically mm. that they do want to be kind and caring but they but but the, the 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 systems aren't in place within their networks that what i call their sphere of influence to do that okay well actually if they can do that if they can start to do that that's the first day of the rest of their life so and in and, and in and, and by proxy that will then have a knock-on impact on women, girls, trans people, grandma, granddad, everyone in the world around them. So you're suggesting that in order to make the opportunities and the lives of women and girls better, that one of the best things that, that men and boys can do is, is look at themselves, look at their own feelings, look at their own reactions, look at the way they interact with the rest of the world, and, and that can hold the key to, to much of this. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, this is where the vast majority of the work falls down because I have seen a pivot even in the men that I've been reading on this for a long time. The past few years, I've seen them pivot towards men, we need to be better for women or most of the work, people that do the work that I do are women. And so they come into schools and they speak to young boys and the work is done through a female prism. Mm. And of course it is. I, I I I get that because it's them that's doing it because there's not enough men doing it. Mm. But the problem with that is the boys sit there and go, why are you talking about the girls? This is meant to be about us. And there's this idea of the collective consciousness, right? It's at like the back of our minds where we're, we're stood around watching something going on where two lads are fighting and all the other lads are stood around cheering and, 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 and encouraging it. And actually most of those lads don't think that's okay, mm. but they don't feel like they can be the one to step in. And so... The way that I describe it, and look, I have, you know, one of the workshops I do is on bystander intervention. Um, but actually what we need to do is we need to co-opt some of those old traditional masculine norms. So you want to be brave. You want to be tough. You want to be strong. Great. Those are, those, are, those are incredible virtues to have. But I don't care how much you can bench press. That is a fluke of biology and spending too much time in a gym. You want to be strong. Be strong enough. When, you, when something is going on around you, be strong enough to be the one that steps up and says, hey, why are we doing this? This isn't okay. If you want to be brave, sure, run into a burning building if, if you really want to. I don't think I would do. But you want to be brave, be brave enough to, to, to take whatever consequences come your way. And you want to be tough, be tough enough in your conviction to know that you are doing the right thing. And that in the long run, isn't that who you would rather be as a person? And I understand how hard that is. 
I know how hard that is because I have lived it. I have done it myself. I am with you on that, brother. I get it, okay? But I can tell you this. I, 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 I talk about this idea of opting out, okay? From birth, we as men, and women are responsible for this too, by the way. We as men, we were automatically opted in to this masculine framework this traditional tropes of, of, of macho masculinity. None of us were given a choice. But what we do have now is we have a choice to opt out. And I have been doing this work for a long time. And I am still yet to meet a man who has chosen to opt out, who in the long run regrets it. Zero percent. I'm on zero. I haven't met a man who regrets it. Was it hard? Yes. Did it cause them issues for a while? Yes. Did they lose friends? Yes, me too. But in the long run, has their life been more rich and beautiful and interesting and fun? And can they be themselves? Right. All of these things that I could go on, I, I could mm. riff on for an hour. And just to clarify, Chris, when you, when you talk about opting out here, from what I understood of, of what you said there, you're not talking about opting out of these, these values and, and, and these traits that we might characterize as, as traditionally masculine, but it sounds like you're talking about reframing them a bit reframing what it means to be tough reframing what it means to, to to be brave and saying you can you can still hang on to those virtues those traits just deploy them differently in in a way which is healthier all of these pressures that we know are causing men huge problems opting out of of suppressing our emotions opting out of so many things where actually we know that they're causing us issues, but, but, but not to opt out of being male because there's nothing wrong with being male. That's why I'll never talk about toxic masculinity. I'll talk about some aspects of masculinity that are a bit messed up. Now, Chris, there may be men and boys listening to this thinking, okay, I can recognise some of these ideas, but, but this isn't me. You're, you're not being fair. You're not describing the way I live my life, the way I, I handle my emotions. There's a, there's a bit of a, a hashtag, a bit of a cliche, isn't there, that floats around on social media, the, the, the not all men idea. You know, are, are, we, are, are, we, are we being too wide ranging in our criticism here? Is it, is it fair to say that, that not all men deserve this level of, of criticism? I don't think I've been critical. That's the thing. I don't think I'm being critical. I think I'm being realistic. Mm -hmm. and, to say, and to say that if you're somebody who is listening to this and you genuinely believe that nothing I'm saying applies to you, then I am jealous of you. Then, then genuinely, congratulations. But if you're, if, if, if you're saying that just to, just to cop out of, of actually helping each other, then come mm -hmm. on. Sure. You're saying that none of you're saying none of this applies to you. I I, I I struggle to believe that. I've had loads of men, and trust me, I've had a lot of men say to me over the years, "Well, you're just you're just a horrible man. You you were just an ass. You were just disgraceful." Mm. And I'm like, "Yeah, I was one of the worst." But that doesn't mean that just because I was one of the worst that you haven't also engaged in this. Right. And and and, and also that to then say, okay, if you genuinely are somebody who has not in, engaged in this and you have seen the light way earlier than, than anybody else, help. Mm, sure. Please help because I need your help. Right. We all need your help. This is going to take all of us. It's going to take every single one of us to make mm. a difference.
Now, Gurdip, some of us will be aware of Everyone's Invited, the, the website that was established to enable people to share their experiences around rape culture. What messages, what opportunities do you think a site like Everyone's Invited offers to those working in schools? I think it's made lots of schools think about uh, what goes on in the in the school and how the girls uh, experience whether it might be sexual uh, assault, sexual abuse in schools, mm-hmm. and how it's kept quiet and, and never seems to be mentioned. Why girls don't feel confident enough to come forward and say something about it. Mm. Um, so yeah, on the other side of things. Um, the, the behavior of boys and why that's happening mm. uh, and how yeah at the same time we can support them and help them realize that this is not how you have to behave this is like this is why we've got Chris here is you don't have to subscribe to this macho culture um, and it's just generally just about being kinder to everyone uh, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm here for is in every aspect whether it's being kinder to women being kinder to boys being kinder to the LGBTQ plus community being kind to different races um, so I'm trying to instill that culture in our school and everyone's invited was something that I think got all schools to to look at themselves and see how we can improve the culture within within our schools. Now talking about the, the culture of the school obviously Bancroft's is a, a co-educational school um, some schools we know are boys schools some are girls schools some are co-educational how do you think that particular um, situation lends itself to, to, to this conversation. Do you think we'd be having a different conversation if this were a boys' school, if this were a girls' school? Hmm, good question. I've worked in a girls' school before, actually, um, and I felt like the girls there felt a lot more confident without having the boys around, and that's just obviously my own experience. I'm not saying that's true. That's just how I felt. The girls felt a lot more confident. Um, they weren't worried about what everyone else thought about them, um, especially in lessons. I think it's actually a general known thing that girls will stay quiet and not raise their hands and not get involved, um, more so in a co-ed school than in a single-sex school, uh, which I think is very interesting. Chris, do you think the sort of conversation we're having right now has a greater need in a co-educational school than it would in a single-sex school? From my experience working in, I don't work in all girls' schools, obviously, but from working in boys' in boys' schools, um, actually, I think that the girls act as a um, a, a leveler, actually, a, a little bit, and the, you know, obviously, there's not. There's not like overt on-site rampant misogyny at boys' school. When I say that, some of the female teachers talk about it. Um, what I would say is that the boys actually have girls around them to 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 to, to riff with and to understand. So there's a greater understanding of the sexes. I went to an all-boys mm. school, and it's an amazing school. But it, wow, it was it was of a car crash in terms of understanding women and, and girls behavior so right. i think they both have their pluses and minuses uh, i i, I understand you know i don't understand but I, I i get the i get the issue with the girls um is it that the, the conversations basically. are still present but they're they're maybe less visible um because there isn't that interaction um as there would be in a co-educational school that those those well, conversations maybe don't happen as often as they could well, no, the, the, so, so the, well, two sorts of conversations don't happen. The conversations 
the, the kind of po- what we would what we would determine as positive conversations don't happen as much. But also in single sex schools, I would say that the boy's behavior isn't being called out, mm. so it becomes a it, it becomes a petri dish mm-hmm. for 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 those behaviors to get worse and worse because there's nobody around to say, well, hang on a second, why are you talking about? women or anyone in this or gay people or trans people in in this way so i think it's far less common mm-hmm. uh for for, for for those sorts of for the for the for the call out culture as well but just just going back to the everyone's invited stuff and and, and things of that nature men are being asked to undo generations worth of programming overnight mm. and that's not realistic and so what happens is the frustration boils over and things like everyone's invited happen, mm-hmm. which totally understandable why there's so much anger when it's so rife. And of course it's rife. I'm not going to suggest otherwise. There's so much of it happens. But the problem is, is that all of the research proves that shame doesn't work as an agent for change. And what's happening at the moment is men are being shamed into trying to change their behavior. And that simply will not work. It's in my bystander workshop, it's the difference between calling in and calling out. Calling out doesn't have as much of an impact as calling in. Calling it in meaning? Um, Calling in meaning taking them to one side, having a calm conversation Mm. with them and asking them, why they behaved in such ways or whatever, rather than just being like, what you've said is awful, you're a disgrace. Because so much because of the public you... discourse now is that sort of calling out, isn't it? it it's public Absolutely. criticism. As, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Pub- yeah pub- and I've, I've experienced public shaming myself. It's horrible. It does- and it doesn't work to change behaviours. So, How do you change behaviours in? With the boys? Yeah. Is meeting them with compassion and empathy and understanding. Mm. Is meeting them. The, the the refrain in men's work is you have to meet you have to meet men and boys where they are at. So wherever they are at, and where they are at right now, is tired of being labelled as potential future rapists, tired of being called bad and being lumped in with the murderer of Sarah Everard, and I like like the the the, the discourse at the moment has, I feel, like it's gone, the pendulum has swung too far the other way. And this is how we work in society, is it goes too far and then it writes itself over time. And over time, there's going to need to be a breath taken to say, okay, some understanding of the fact that the vast majority of the behaviours that are deemed to be unacceptable, a lot of those men had no idea that what they were doing could cause harm. Mm. A lot of those men have no idea that a casual throwaway comment mm. to somebody is going to cause them long-term harm. That put, putting a woman in a compromising position, a lot of those men had no idea that that was happening. Mm. And it's not to say that they shouldn't be take personal responsibility and be punished for it, but it's the, what's the next step? Like, okay, you've been punished, fine. What's the next step? The next step is, can you understand how that, how what you did hurt somebody? Mm. Chris, you've been really helpful with us today. You've been really honest and open, really candid about your views on the role of men and boys in, in conversations like this. Um, Gerdip, do you think this has been useful for you in terms of uh, the way that you and Bancrofts are approaching International Women's Day, International Women's Week? Um, yeah, it's definitely something I'm wanting to change or wanting to um, see how we can 
help the boys feel comfortable to get involved. Um, so I think I think this is all an education for me as well. Um, in terms of how we now implement this in the school, is is something that we need to think about. Um, can I can I can I can I say a, a final thing? Go for it, Chris. Well, first of all, to good in terms of how you implement this in the school, obviously we're gonna. I hopefully we're gonna start working together. Um, and and I have this program that I run in schools. But in terms of speaking directly to the boys, if any of the boys have made it to the end of this podcast, first of all, congratulations. <laughs> but to say to you, if you are listening to this right now and you do want to do this, like you have my allyship. You there are boys around you who want to do this. So be strong, be brave. Know that it's it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be scared about this. It's okay to be frightened about getting involved. All of these things are reasonable emotions that you're feeling, but to know that you're not alone and that there are people around you who want to support you to do this. And if you are in a group of boys who will laugh at you when you choose to do this, when you want to be your authentic self, you have to make a choice about whether or not they're really your friends because I don't think that they are. Yeah, it's it's a debit worth adding in um, that. Yeah, we had we had Chris come in and speak to our removes a few weeks ago. Uh, it it was brilliant. Um, heard lots of fantastic things about it. I hope we are implementing things in our school and it is making a difference. But that's something that you'll only see the results of in in years to come. I imagine. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, we are doing things and we're really looking forward to seeing the results of it. Um, and yeah, we can't wait to have Chris back. This is a conversation and a journey that will, by definition, take years and years and years. But in terms of our time together right now, um, I found that really valuable. Um, I, I've really enjoyed meeting you both. Thank you, Gurdeep Chana, who is Diversity and Inclusion Coordinator at Bancroft School. And thanks also to author and journalist, Chris Hemmings, who's brought some really valuable perspectives today. I'm so grateful to both of you. Thanks, Gerdit. Thanks, Chris. Bye. Bye. That was author and journalist Chris Hemmings, along with Gerdeep Chana, Bancroft School's Diversity and Inclusion Coordinator. Chris offered us his thoughts on how men and boys need to challenge the ideas and expectations placed upon us by society. And Gerdeep reminded us of the value of having conversations such as this within schools. That's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school website, bancrofts.org. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. So in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.